Blog Talk Radio. Sports fans, welcome to another episode of WRSP Radio's Weekend Sports Huddle with Tom Pollan, Hunter Hodes. I'm Dave Holcomb, back in the host chair. Tom, how are you doing out there in Chicago today? Oh, it got cold real quick, Dave, but doing all right. I'm just actually getting over a case of strep throat I had Thursday and Friday, so my voice might be a little rough today, but uh, but otherwise doing okay. Well, you sound good so far. Okay. Well, hey, that's all I can ask for. <laughs> Glad to hear that you're feeling a little bit better. Uh, Hunter will not be joining us today. He's attending to a personal matter. Uh, as far as I know, he has not been snowed in like Tristan Jari of the backup, the backup goalie for the Penguins. Did you hear about that, Tom? No, I didn't. I haven't checked to see who is... Who is starting for for the Penguins today? Their their game against Detroit is a few hours away. But uh, last I heard yesterday, Matt Murray was attending to a personal matter, and Tristan Jari couldn't make it back to Pittsburgh because he was snowed in in uh, British Columbia. The Penguins had their bye this past week. Wow, that's something else. <laughs> that's a heck of a that's a heck of a thing when you can't even get to the uh, arena. So uh, we'll, we'll, I'll, uh, I'm sorry I don't have a complete update for the listeners. That was as of uh, Friday afternoon. So I'll have to get an update during the commercial to see if Jari was able to make it to Pittsburgh in time for today's game. But uh, they might be going with uh, the third-string goalie today against Detroit. So that should be interesting. But our show today is almost entirely NFL. Division weekend in the league Uh, That means the Steelers are back on the field. They will be looking to exact some revenge against the Jacksonville Jaguars on Sunday. We'll explain how the Steelers can get that done and advance to their second straight AFC championship. We'll also have a full breakdown of the other three playoff matchups in Nostradamus predicts. We'll still have that, even though our, uh, I don't know what to call them, BB-8, Lord Emperor, oh, God. you know, somewhere in the middle, he he might be. I, he would appreciate it if I called him Lord Emperor, but I, I think I'll call oh, him Mace Windu. He would appreciate Windu. it, but he doesn't earn the. He, he went over two last week, <laughs> right? So he so he doesn't get that. Uh, boy, you know, he's not here. We could say whatever we want. I know, yeah, and uh, uh, my my I, my I can call him BB8 and not even worry about it. <laughs> he, yeah, he might not even know. I, I do worry, though, that he's listening somewhere, and he's supposed to call in today, so we're hoping to hear from Hunter at some Uh-oh. point today. Uh-oh. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. I better come up with something for him then. Uh, now, he's, you know, after last week, maybe he does go back down to BB-8. <laughs> I'm sure he'll have something uh, to say about that. <laughs> so either that or C-3PO, you know, talks a lot, doesn't say a whole lot, but. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that that's kind of cruel. That is so cruel. I, that is. Cruel. I won't go there. Okay. Yeah. BB I have my, I have my own thing. metaphor. I, I I have my own metaphor for what uh, 
Hunter adds to Nostradamus predicts. I think I'll bring that up when we get to the segment. All right, that sounds good. <laughs> uh, so Tom <laughs> will have your picks in Nostradamus predicts in a little bit. The other three playoff matchups, he might have a pick for the Steelers Jaguars as well. Um, the Chicago Bears not in action this weekend, but they made headlines this week filling out their entire coaching staff, not just their head coaching position, but their whole staff. And we'll have a lot to say about that. Uh, overall, it was real positive hires by the Bears. And to end today's show, we will have another NFL coaches edition of Real Deal or Overreaction. We want to make you a part of the show. Give us a call, 516-387-1417 to get on the air. If you're a little gun shy, tweet at us, at WKD Sports Huddle. Today's show is brought to you by author Marco Sacchio. Learn the secret of the human mind and the laws of the universe that will guide you towards wealth and health. Learn more at www.marcosacchio.com. So our leading story, the Steelers and Jaguars. I'm sure you remember this, Tom, being an NFL historian uh, yourself, uh, somebody that loves the history of the game. This is a renewal of the old AFC Central rivalry between these two clubs. Yeah, isn't that, boy, that goes back quite a ways. Yeah, I know. I I love that kind of history. And, uh, and you know, I don't remember how they kind of fared together, but uh, it's funny because that a- AFC Central was kind of like the NFC Central. You guys got the Jaguars, and, uh, and the NFC Central had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Right, so it, yeah. It made for – made for very strange rivalries when you had to go down to Florida in the middle of winter to, to play a game. So, but, and right. And for both divisions, you had to go down to Florida and then the Florida team had to come up to green Bay, Chicago, Detroit, um, and, and Pittsburgh, Cleveland, those types of places. Yeah. I remember one time when uh, Steve Young was quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when he, first came into the league playing in a driving snowstorm in green Bay and just looking terrible, <laughs> looking like completely overwhelmed by the weather. So yeah, that made for some interesting matchups in those days. I'm, I'm glad you bring up the matchups because some of the divisions really didn't make sense. I mean, we don't have to get into it too much. We want to focus on the playoffs, but like the Atlanta Falcons were in the, the West uh, Carolina Panthers yep. were in the West. Um, that was, those were the divisions I grew up with. Uh, so I, I remember them very well, but, uh, yeah, the Steelers Jaguars was a pretty big rivalry back in the day. I mean, Tom Coughlin, when he was the coach of Jacksonville, it, they had some really great matchups. Um, and, and there was some real disdain on both sides. Well, the, the Jaguars were pretty good when they came into the league. So, you know, that that makes for a rivalry right there when you have uh uh you know two very competitive teams going against each other. Uh Jacksonville kind of came out of the gate fairly strong as a franchise. They were the Golden Knights before the Golden Knights, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Pretty much. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, and and Carolina Panthers were too. Uh we were talking about this in my office. This week, I think, actually, we were talking about expansion teams and Golden Knights are up there as maybe one of the best expansion teams ever. But uh, Jacksonville Jaguars were very good right at the beginning. And so were Carolina 
uh, the Panthers. They, I think they both went to the championship game in their first two years. Is that right? Uh, second season, they both went to the championship games, yes. Right. Okay. Okay. So incredibly impressive, yes. And now look what Jacksonville's done now that Tom Coughlin's back as, uh, uh, you know, team <laughs> president. And, and, and uh, it's amazing how the uh, a team that was, incre- you know, just looked at as, I don't know, maybe not as incompetent as Browns, but, but you know, just a fairly incompetent organization, and all of a sudden have really turned their reputation around in one season uh, to be looked at as a contender and a team on the rise still, even as well as they played this year. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, that's a good way to sum it up. Tom Coughlin coming back and, and getting that organization together. It seemed like they had the piece, a lot of the pieces there. They made some key free agent signings last winter too, but uh, got Doug Marone as head coach. Seems like he's really been a better fit there than, than Gus Bradley. But uh, going back to the Steelers-Jaguars rivalry, this will be the first time they meet in the playoffs since 2007 when they switched divisions and, and made created the North and the South in, in 2002. The rivalry between the two teams died a little bit, but they did meet in that playoff game in 2007, kind of rekindled things a little bit. And since then, the Jaguars haven't really been all that good, but if they're a contender here for the next few years, this could be a, a big rivalry again. Uh, Jacksonville has won in Pittsburgh quite a bit in meaningful games. They won that playoff game in 2007. They actually won twice in Pittsburgh in 2007. That's almost unheard of for a team to win in Pittsburgh twice in one season. Jaguars have done it, actually. And they won in Pittsburgh earlier this year, 30-9, to yep. routing the Steelers back in week five. Yeah, very convincing performance by Jacksonville in that game. So, you know, this is – it's going to be exciting to see how this game turns out uh, because, yeah, you do have that kind of history where uh, Jacksonville has had that kind of success against uh, Pittsburgh. What do you think the recipe is for, for the Steelers to, to get their revenge? Uh, they're, they're not going to do it – well – it's going to be tough for them to move the ball by the passing game. They're going to have to run effectively. It's going to have yeah. to be Le'Veon Bell. Uh, the Jaguars are number 29 in the NFL in uh, rushing yards per attempt. So, you know, the Steelers should have uh, a lot of success on the ground. I, I, you know, in the air against Jacksonville, uh, they're not. They're first in the NFL in creating negative pass plays, sacks, or interceptions. So, fourteen uh, percent of dropbacks against Jacksonville either end up in a sack or an interception. That, you know, that that's going to make things very hard on, on uh, Ben Roethlisberger dropping back. So, you know, but if if they can establish the run, get Bell going against a very uh, beatable run defense. Uh, that's going to be their key. The Jaguars' run defense did improve in the second half of the season after they acquired Marcel Darius from the Bills. They allowed 98.9 rushing yards per game in their last seven games with Darius, but they did yield 130 rushing yards last week to the Bills. So I absolutely agree. I think this is a Le'Veon Bell game. Uh, unfortunately, Bell kind of 
depending on who you ask, I guess, kind of went off the deep end with some of his answers to reporters this week about talking about his, his contract and, and uh, if he's franchise tagged again. Uh, I was disappointed to hear him talk about that during a playoff week, but uh, absolutely, I think this is Bell's game, Tom. Yeah, it, it has to be disappointing because you went through the entire preseason with uh, with these problems with uh, Le'Veon Bell. And it can't be easy going into, you know, a divisional round game against a very tough opponent and having Bell talk about, well, sitting out again next season in case if they franchise tag him. So, but still, you know, the the concentration, I think Tomlin's got them pointed in the right direction. He's going to have their, their focus on this game. The, the issue is Bell has to do a lot better uh, on the ground this time. He rushed 15 times for 47 yards uh, early in the season when they faced each other. Yeah. Yeah, and Darius wasn't even in that game yet, or, or wasn't right. on the Jaguars yet. So, yeah. That, yeah, was... so, you know, that that's going to make things right. That's one thing that the Steelers have to turn around. And – you know, again, like we talked about last week, you just don't know what Blake Bortles you're going to get. Amazingly, Bortles uh, completed eight passes out of 14 attempts, 95 yards, and they still ended up putting up 30 points because of the way Leonard Fournette ran. Yeah, absolutely. And then they scored twice on defense. The five interceptions from Ben Roethlisberger in that game, but two of them were taken back for touchdowns. Right, so... It's, you know, that, and that goes back to what I was talking about, negative pass plays. Right. Um, Jacksonville does a great job generating those, and that's going to be a problem. That's, uh, I haven't heard the latest on Antonio Brown. What's coming up with him? He actually left practice yesterday with an illness. But as far as his calf goes, he's been practicing this week. Uh, I, I fully expect him to play. I don't know if he's going to be 100%, Tom, but uh, I think uh, even a, a 80%, 70% Antonio Brown is just still outstanding player. So I, 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 there's no excuses for the Steelers team. They're, they're pretty much at full strength, as, as full strength as you're going to be in January. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And you, you're right. Uh, you know, Antonio, 85, 80% is still one hell of a receiver. So... Um, and that that's the key to the Pittsburgh's game. You got uh, Juju Smith-Schuster has been uh, you know, playing very well. So, you know, you do have some, you know, the weapons that are there for Pittsburgh, but it's going to be overcoming the defense that that's going to be the rough part. Uh, Jacksonville, I've been saying all year, they have a Super Bowl quality defense, and depending on what they can do in the off season to, to shore up the offense, uh, this could be, uh, you know, an elite team in the AFC for, for quite a few years going forward. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. I, Pitt- I, I think. Well, Pittsburgh better take advantage of this season to get past them because uh, Jacksonville is only going to get tougher. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, 
I think you hit on the, the other two keys that, that I wanted to bring up. Leonard Fournette had a huge game against Pittsburgh in week five, a season high, 181 rushing yards, but he hasn't been as good as of late. He averaged just 3.2 rushing yards per attempt in the final seven weeks of the season. We talked about uh, Kareem Hunt of the Chiefs hitting a rookie wall earlier in the season. He kind of yep. renewed himself in December, right? And had a good, really good December to push the Chiefs into the playoffs. Fournette, I mean, he talked all about how the SEC is the same as the NFL and, and whatnot, but he hasn't shown me that he's remained as, as efficient in the, the later part of the season as, as the first half. They've been giving him a lot of carries. That's why it's been kind of misleading his rushing totals. He's getting 17 to 25 carries every week. Last, last week against Buffalo, 2.7 yards per attempt against the Bills. Yeah, and that, that's going to be a worry for uh, Jacksonville because they need Fournette. Fournette is the best part of that offense. Um, right. You know, without him, then you got to depend on Blake Bortles, and that's a tough thing to do. So, but, you know, that's the thing. They rushed him 268 times this year. That That's a heavy load for running back. And it's, he missed it's a few definitely, games. What's that? He missed a few games, I think. Right, he did. He he missed three yeah. games, but uh, and he, and that makes it even worse. Two hundred and sixty-eight times they only played thirteen games, so you know that that's a heavy load to put on a running back, and you know even a veteran running back, you know, much less a rookie. And it's it's no surprise he kind of hit that rookie wall, and it, it's going to be kind of up to him whether Jacksonville could stay in this game or not, I think. I, I absolutely agree. Yeah, he, he's the key for Jacksonville. And, and I think the last thing for, for Pittsburgh, be patient. You know, punts are not a bad thing in this game. The weather is supposed to be bad in Pittsburgh. It might be even snowing, which I think actually hurts the Steelers because Bortles can't throw when it's warm. So <laughs> you'd rather have probably better temperatures so Roethlisberger can throw maybe a little bit at least a little bit on the number one pass defense, but it, it might be bad uh, conditions. So a lot of even more running than normal. Um, so you, you just be patient. Punting is not a bad thing. You gave up two defensive touchdowns to Jacksonville in, in week five. If you avoid that, if you avoid big turnovers and, and setting up Jacksonville's offense and scoring position, then I really think the Steelers sh- should easily win this game. Uh, they can. I wouldn't say easily. I don't yeah. expect this to be a, a, a high-scoring game or uh, a game where uh, any anybody any team uh, you know establishes more than a two-score lead. I agree. I think the weather is going to play a part in that too. Uh, I just don't think there's going to be very many points. Uh, so I, I would. If I'm going to pick a score, I would say about 17-10 Steelers. Uh, not bad. That might be. It might be a pretty good score, 17-13. Um, yeah, but I think I, I definitely agree it's going to be a low-scoring game. Uh, yeah. But I do expect the Steelers to come out. The Steelers have the experience. They they played in the, you know, they, they have the playoff experience that Jacksonville still lacks. Uh, even though Jacksonville did manage to squeeze by, boy, that was just a 
I don't know, one of the more dismal playoff games I've seen in a while last week, Jacksonville <laughs> against Buffalo. I kind uh, of enjoyed it. I'm going to be honest. I, I, I kind of liked the field position battle. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just completely putting a positive spin on the game. It was some really bad offense. Yes. Yeah. Um, but, again, two good defenses. So, yeah, but I, I'm telling you, both quarterbacks, you know, and that's, as I say, that's Jacksonville's Achilles heel right now is, is that quarterback you know, situation. Right, right. And uh, Jaguar fans, I didn't mean to imply the Steelers are going to win the game easily. I think it's going to be close. As I say, I think it'll be uh, 17-10, 17-13, something like that. But I do think the Steelers will be able to win at home. You know, the other thing I want to hit upon real quick, I don't think this is going to happen. We're going to get to our other playoff games here in a little bit. Uh, Nobody in the world seems to be picking the Titans. But if somehow, some way, Tennessee upsets New England, Pittsburgh's got to be careful for a little bit of a letdown because I think the natural thing that the players are going to think is we're going to the Super Bowl. New England's out. We're, we're, we're going to the Super Bowl. And you can't think that going into a game against a very quality opponent. I, I wish there was some way they could not know the result of the Patriots game. Just in modern era, there's no way they won't know the score. <laughs> but um, well, I, I do right. think that I, I don't want to – oversell it and it's probably going to be a, a moot point because the Patriots are going to win but if somehow New England loses tonight I, I'm concerned about a little bit of a letdown from the Steelers and that's kind of where we've always been with the Steelers this season as you you know me and Hunter have talked about them that they can be a very frustrating team as far as what you're going to see out of them every week and I think the possibility of a letdown is, uh, you know, is very real. So we're we're going to see how uh, how that plays out. It's going to be interesting after tonight's game to to get a look at that. Yeah, absolutely. And we will talk Titans Patriots coming up in a little bit. First, we're going to take a break. When we come back, the Bears aren't in the playoffs this year, but they certainly made. Some headlines this week, maybe their best week of the season. And I don't mean to say that sarcastically. They had a very good week. We'll explain after the break. Do you have a business, large or small, and you need some marketing help? Then RSP Marketing Services is the marketing firm you need, offering a wide variety of marketing services and consultations. RSP Marketing Services can build you a professional website, produce video or radio commercials, draft and distribute press releases, Create printed marketing items such as business cards, flyers, signs, etc. Manage your social media and so much more. RSP Marketing Services offers an a la carte selection of marketing tools so you only buy what you need. Our team of professional graphic artists can create stunningly professional marketing materials tailored just for you. See our website www.rspmarketingservices.com for more information. That's www.rspmarketingservices.com Welcome back to WRSP Radio's Weekend Sports Huddle with Tom Pollan. I'm Dave Holcomb. Hunter Hodes. He snowed in somewhere. I think I'm just going to say that's what I'm going to say now. No, he, he is, he's missing today's show for personal matters. We hope to maybe hear from him a little bit later uh, if he gives us a call. And if he doesn't, we'll see him next week. But uh, oh, definitely, today's show? Yeah, 
we'll definitely have him next week. So, yeah. So, but yeah, so. you know, this, this happens with everybody. You know, personal things do come up, and you know, Hunter gets to take a break. He, I think, this is his first time since he joined the show that that he's actually uh, missed the show. Absolutely, yeah, and it. I mean, this show is a lot of fun, but it, it also is, you know, every Saturday morning sometimes it's difficult to make. So absolutely you can miss one or two. <laughs> no more than that, though. Yeah. Right. No, no more than that. <laughs> then, we, then, we, then we really start giving him hell. He's got to be here to defend himself. That's true, yeah. <laughs> He's going to want to get back to defend himself. Right. Well, today's show is brought to you by author Marco Zacchio. Learn the secret of the human mind and the laws of the universe that will guide you towards wealth and health. Learn more at www.marcosacchio.com. And don't forget, we want to make you a part of the show. Give us a call with your Steelers-Jaguars prediction or any other playoff prediction you might have at 516-387-1417. We're also on Twitter at WKD Sports Huddle. So the Chicago Bears are not in the playoffs, Tom, but... They are one of two teams this week that filled their head coach vacancy. They hired former Chiefs offensive coordinator Matt Nagy uh, and filled out their entire coaching staff. Uh, Nagy is not leaving his past team in, uh, how should I put it, Uh, his final play-calling game with the Chiefs kind of reminds me a little bit of Kyle Shanahan. A lot of second guessing that you could do with uh, with Shanahan in that Super Bowl against the Patriots last year. Then he went on to be the, the coach of the 49ers. And, and Nagy is kind of leaving the Chiefs in the same way. Did not give Kareem Hunt enough carries in that Titans-Chiefs matchup. They were up by 18. No business losing an 18-point lead to the Titans at home in the playoffs. But that doesn't really change what he's going to give the Bears as a head coach. He's one of the bright offensive minds in the NFL the last few years, and it seems like he, they're really putting some quality coaches around him as he starts his head coaching career. Well, coming in, I'm telling you, he came in like a breath of fresh air after three seasons of John Fox, and you're talking about the way he called that uh, Kansas City playoff game. That's one of the things I think that that kind of impressed Chicago Bears fans is the fact that Nagy uh, Nagy came out and said uh, we're, you know, acknowledged the fact that he made some mistakes watching the film later. He regrets that he didn't handle some, uh, some instances, you know, some situations a little bit better. And, you know, I, I think pretty much floored everybody. Uh, that was at his press conference because that's not uh, you, you definitely wouldn't have heard that out to John Fox. John Fox would have given you the uh, uh, you know we we have to watch the film and and uh, and you know we we ran the ball we did what we thought we could do and we we kept throwing but you know and that's the kind of thing you got out of Fox. You never got a clear answer out of Fox. So the fact that that Nagy came up and said, you know, yeah, I could have done some things better. Uh, I I think really impressed Bears fans. Uh, One of the good things about this is it really does feel like a Ryan Pace hire. Uh, John Fox actually felt more like an Ernie Accorsi, uh, uh, Ted Phillips hire. And 
because of course he was the consultant when the Bears did their GM and coach search last time. So I, I think they, you know, Nagy's young. He's he's energetic. He, he's going to bring a West Coast style, but he's also brought in some very strong coaches to be under him to work with him. Uh, offensive coordinator Mark uh, Helfrich uh, coached under Chip Kelly in Oregon and is going to bring a more open style to the Bears offense as well as, you know, what Nagy brings. It's it's going to be a very good, um, I, I think, a very effective uh, partnership there. And uh, a t- very good uh, offensive line coach out of Notre Dame who also worked for the Bears before, um, Harry uh, Highstand. So, you know, some very good offensive uh, minds that the Bears have put in place. They also have their running backs coach, put their wide receiver coach in place last last night. And as I say, it, it's just a, a coaching staff that seems to be a breath of fresh air. It seems to be something that Bears fans can be excited about. Uh, not saying that he's going to be 100% successful, but I, I think, you know, he, he gives you some things that I don't think we've seen here in Chicago for a while. And, and hmm. that's uh, somebody who's willing to be a little bit innovative as a head coach, who, who's not willing to uh, go into this job being afraid. Uh, yesterday they hired Vic Fangio back as their defensive coordinator. So this is right. a guy who's so worried about his job that he's not willing to bring in uh, an effective coach uh, on the defense or your you know, guy who's, who's head coach competent. And he's not afraid to have him on his staff. And Nagy right. did say later that, <clears throat> that, um, he does plan on giving his defensive coordinator a lot of control over the defense. He says he'll oversee it, but you know, he's going to lean on his defensive coordinator on that side of the ball quite a bit because he's not a defensive expert. And that's another thing. You got the guy admitting that, okay, you know, I'm not, I don't know everything going into this job and I will have to lean on some of my coaches. You know, and that's something you don't hear out of coaching candidates a whole lot. You know, this is a guy who's who's very upfront. I think he's going to develop uh, a level of trust. That's one of the another thing. One of the funny things that he said when he was uh, interviewed by the Bernstein and Goff show on WSCR six seventy uh, after his hire was he was talking about changing the culture and Jason Goff asked him a very good question about, you know, every coach talks about culture and he asked Nagy about the culture. What, what did Nagy mean by culture? And Nagy talked about the level of trust between the coaches and the players. And that led me to believe that maybe last year there wasn't as much trust. Sometimes it felt like, you know, Fox and Fangio weren't necessarily always on the pay- same page. Uh, Fox and Loggins weren't always on the same page. And I think maybe there was some discontent on both sides of the ball. Maybe some players didn't think they were getting some of the either opportunities or 
or being used effectively um, with Fox. Because Nagy made a point of saying quite a few times, uh, trust. you got to have trust between the players and the coaching staff, uh, between the coaches, you know, between me and Ryan Pace. You know, there's, there's got to be conversation. There's got to be a general level of trust. So it, it leads me to believe that maybe there was more going on in the Bears' locker room last year that we don't know about. And, and that's another thing that you get out of Nagy is it, it sounds like it, it's going to be a much more open atmosphere. Uh, Nagy did say the first time he sat down with Pace uh, that they felt comfortable together that he feels like he can work with pace. They can talk, they can uh, <clears throat> interact with ideas. Uh, and you don't have two large eagles going against each other here. You have two yeah. uh, executives who are going to be pulling in the same direction. Did he say anything about calling the place? Cause, cause Negi got his <clears throat> first taste of that under Andy Reed and the chiefs this year. Uh, and obviously uh, Mark Helfrich from, from Oregon was the head coach there after uh, being the offensive coordinator under Chip Kelly. It, will, or will he call the players or, or Nagy, or did he not say? Nagy said he will be calling the plays. Okay. Uh, he will call the plays on offense. Uh, he's going to oversee the defense, but essentially uh, Vic Fangio, and this is a great part about the hires again, he reached out to Vic Fangio, and it, it looked like Fangio was actually going to go to Green Bay for a while as a defensive coordinator, uh, or either Arizona. There was a rumor he was going to go to uh, the Arizona Cardinals. But Nagy was able to reach out to Fangio, and yesterday they were able to finalize a deal. So I, I think having that continuity on the defensive side of the ball, because Fangio has developed a very good defense here in Chicago. And that's going to be a strength of the team going forward. So, you know, that that's going to be, that's very important in itself. And I, I'm impressed by Nagy in that, in that way too. I am as well. Other than hiring Nagy, I think the head coaching change is, is, is a positive one for the Bears. They got their offensive head coach that they wanted to help develop the young quarterback. Uh, but the other two th- things that pop out at me is what you're talking about with Vangio, bringing, keeping a defensive coordinator that was on staff previously. Mike Tomlin did that with Dick LeBeau, and it was the best thing that he could have done was, I mean, especially with Dick LeBeau, he'd been around the game so long and had such a great defense in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't need to change that. I don't need to come in and, and bring in my 4-3 style and replace uh, LeBeau's 3-4. Uh, it's working here. And maybe I'll introduce some of my, uh, some, some of what I know, but for the most part, I'm going to rely on him as the defensive coordinator. So I think that's great that Negi's already doing that. And I want to highlight real quick the offensive line coach that they hired from Notre Dame that you mentioned. Uh, he was, this is probably my ACC bias because I cover Notre Dame a little bit, Tom, but uh, Notre Dame is not happy that he's leaving. Uh, he was a great coach for the Irish, uh, establishing that offensive line for them the last few years. He's, he had been there since 2012, one of the best offensive lines in the, in the country in college football. After this season, he's going to have four guys probably go in the first round and high in the first round, linemen that play for him at Notre Dame. 
And as you know, as you said, the Bears are familiar with him. He coached there before. But uh, one of the best offensive mind, offensive line minds in uh, in the country. Yeah, yeah, that, that's incredible that the Bears were able to get him. And, you know, that, that's just another thing. Nagy willing to, to take strong coaches and surround himself with very strong coaches. Uh, not being afraid to put strong coaches in place around him. So, and, and that always impresses me when a head coach is willing to do that. I just want to mention another thing. The fact that Nagy is very enthused about working with Mitch Trubisky. Um, just loves the thought of being able to work with Mitch Trubisky. I think they're going to have a great working relationship again, because you've got a coach who's willing to communicate and a coach who's willing to teach. And I, I think this is going to be a, an incredible positive for Trubisky going forward. We have a tweet from Gary. He has a question for you, Tom. How many games do the Bears need to win in 2018 in order for Chicago fans to remain supportive of Nagy? You know, this is a, a brand new slate. Uh, I do think I, I think Bears fans are going to expect uh, a lot of improvement. I don't know if it's going to necessarily be tied to the record or not. And that's one of the things that Nagy and Pace kind of emphasized during their press conference was kind of the expectations and playing more towards uh, the now as far as building what we have now. Uh, But I think if the Bears can come out, just show that they're playing competent football, uh, show a little imagination on offense. I think the Bears team can at least go 500 next season just by showing a little bit more competency on offense, showing a little more imagination on offense, using the pieces that they have. And, uh, and I, I, and another season with true. And now that Trubisky's had a full season under him, I think bears fans, if they go eight and eight bears fans are going to be incredibly enthused for the following season for 2019. Right. Right. Well, uh, they had a, a, I wouldn't say elite, but uh, actually I think they finished 10th in total defense. So a top 10 defense under Vangio, he's coming back. A lot of those players are coming back. It's a young defense. So, yeah, it, it's about getting that young quarterback playing well, surrounding him with other weapons and, and uh, getting them into the top 10 as well. So uh, good things in Chicago. Thanks for the tweet, Gary. we got to hit another commercial break. When we come back, it's the playoffs, so there are fewer games, but Tom still has his favorite picks against the spread. Nostra Thomas Predicts is next. Publishing your book shouldn't be rocket science, should it? Well, if you're an author looking to publish, you may be overwhelmed by the entire process. Rocket Science Productions is here to help. Rocket Science Productions has been an independent publisher since 2007 and has over 100 titles published, priding ourselves on our personal touch. We walk our authors through every stage of the publishing process, from copyright protection and registration to professional editing to book layout printing, marketing, and distribution. Rocket Science Productions is your one-stop shop for all of your publishing needs. Rocket Science Productions is always looking for new authors of books for all ages and across all genres. If you are looking to be published, look no further. To learn more and to submit your manuscript for consideration, visit our website, www.rocketscienceproductions.com. 
And we're back here on WRSP Radio's Weekend Sports Huddle with Tom Paul and Hunter Hodes. I'm Dave Holcomb. Today's show is brought to you by author Marcus Accio, Learn the Secret of the Human Mind and the Laws of the Universe that will guide you towards wealth and health. Learn more at www.marcosaccio.com. And I was able to look up during the commercial, Tom, Tristan Jari will be starting in net for the Penguins, so he was able to get uh, out from underneath the snowbanks in, in British Columbia. Matt Murray is attending to a personal matter, and, and Jari will be in net in a few hours. Well, that's all good to hear. Um, boy, you know, it's amazing this, uh, this time of year, Sometimes you do get some bad weather situations. It makes it very tough on players just to get to a game or play in a game. Right, yeah. yeah. It, and with the new oh. NHL bye week, that was a new thing last year. I don't know, maybe maybe you should – I hate to say players can't go home, but maybe you should reconsider going to a place where it's <laughs> going to snow. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to um, talk more NHL and, and bye weeks in the NHL in the next few weeks, but uh, – We've got a caller. I'm guessing this is our co-host, Tom, but uh, caller, you're on the air. Give us your name and where you're coming from. Ah, it is Hunter. All right, I thought so. Who is this? Who is this? Tom, you know who I am. It's Emperor Palpatine. BB-8? No. (laughs) Uh, Luke with no force... uh, Force control. Um, Emperor Palpatine. No, uh, no, no, no. You went 0-2 last week, my boy. Uh, uh, not quite. I don't think so. Uh, uh, whatever. The Chiefs screwed me over. Well, they, they, well, they, the Chiefs screwed everybody over. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that they did. They, they made it. They made life difficult for everybody last week. And then the Saints won, but they didn't cover. And I thought they were going to cover. Uh, yep. I told no. you that that the Panthers had an offense to keep that one close. You were listening to me. I'm telling you. That's what, that's what you get for not listening to uh, to your uh, Jedi Master here. Well, guys, uh, we don't have a ton of time remaining in the show, and we still want to get to real deal overreaction. So I'm going to cut the shenanigans short today. Let's let's get to your picks. Okay. My picks? Yeah, let's hear them, Hunter. All right. So uh, the first one, I mean, it's pretty easy, guys. Um, take the Falcons minus three over the Eagles. I jumped, I jumped over that all day. Um, I mean, I shouldn't say easy. Tom doesn't like it when I say easy, but um, Emperor Palpatine says take minus three for the Falcons. Um, you know, I'm going to be Hunter, watching the it's game because with my you father. say you, you you say easy every week, and you, and you keep getting them wrong. I know, I know. It's one of these one of these days. You know what day? Okay. You should try picks against the spread. Hey, it's hard. It's hard. I'm I'm not I'm it not is. the one saying it's easy. It's hard. It is. Well, I'm you know, watching. Uh, but, but Hunter, 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 the yeah. the hell of it is, is you're in the playoffs. Nothing is easy. I know. Okay. You you got teams that have got to the final eight in the NFL. Nothing is easy here. I know. I just you you look at the <laughs> Eagles, <clears throat> and you see, oh well, look, Nick Foles is starting, and it's like the Falcons are coming in. Um, Tom, I told you last week 
the Falcons are underrated, and they blew out the Rams by 13. I shouldn't say blow out. That's probably a little too strong. But they beat the Rams by double digits, and now they're going to go into Philadelphia against Nick Foles, who played awful against the Raiders. Um, he'll probably play better tonight, but um, I just I, I can't see him um, beating the Falcons. Uh, I love what Matt Ryan's doing. Julio Jones is going to be a big test for their Eagles secondary, and I think the uh, Falcons are going to go back to the NFC Championship. Uh, take the Falcons minus three over Philadelphia. And if the Eagles lose, I'm sure my dad will be mad, even though he bandwagons the Eagles quite a bit. All right. Who's your second pick? Let's get your second pick in here. My second pick. Um, okay. I didn't get a chance to uh, fire. I was looking at the spread, but the game, it was just so tough. Um, I'm not picking the Steelers because every time that happens, it goes wrong. So I'm staying away from that. And so it was between the other two games. And I'm like, hmm. Um, I'm going to take the Patriots minus, um, Tom, what are they, 10-point favorites? No, 13 and a half. And a half. Yeah, I'll take that over um, picking between the Vikings and the Saints. I think that matchup is way too close to call. Um, game's going to go either way. I-, I love both those teams, but the Patriot, the Titans, man, um, great comeback last week against um, Andy Reid and the Chiefs, who are just more overrated, I guess, but they also lost Travis Kelsey. The Titans are going to have to really run the ball on the Patriots, but since they really don't, have, they won't have a passing game against New England secondary, and I honestly just think Tom Brady is going to carve up the Titans because it's what Tom Brady does to almost every team. But um, I don't like the thirteen and a half spread, but I'm going to take the uh, I'm going to take the Patriots minus thirteen and a half here. The other, I can't take the Vikings or the Saints. That 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 matchup is way too close. Yeah, I agree. That matchup is way too close. Uh, so only two picks this week. Uh... Uh, Hunter? Yeah, I couldn't, uh, I, I'm not, I'm not, Dave won't let me pick the Steelers and I'm not going to pick the, uh, Vikings <laughs> team. All right. Well, I'm telling you right now, uh, Hunter, you're going to get two of those correct. You're going to get both of them correct. <laughs> Cause, uh, Atlanta minus three against the Eagles. The Eagles have put up to bowls on offense, but that was with the fourth quarterback. Uh, you put Nick Foles against Matt Ryan, you got to go with Matt Ryan. So, yeah. you know, and if, if the Eagles line can put pressure on Ryan, I think that the Eagles have, really have to stay in this one. Uh, their defense has to show up big. But, you know, I, I have problems seeing I think the Eagles are going to play better than they did uh, their Week 17 game. Where, where they get shut out, but I, I still think that when you put Nick Foles behind this offense, it's going to make a big difference, and I do see the Falcons uh, covering that three points at the Eagles. I thought heavily about this Patriots minus 13 and a half against the Titans, especially in the playoffs. It's a tough one to do, but even though the Titans did play well against the Chiefs last week, don't get overly impressed. You're going against the Super Bowl team right now. You're going against the defending uh, Super Bowl champions. Uh, Derrick Henry could have a big game. The Patriots can be run on. Uh, but the question is, can the Titans keep enough pressure and ready to force them to make bad throws? 
Brady, if he has a clean pocket, he'll pick him apart all day. Uh, give Brady a dirty pocket, put some hands in his face. Uh, that's when he starts looking like a 40-year-old quarterback. So, yeah. and, and that's the thing. Can, can the Titans put enough pressure on Brady? And you mentioned another thing about Travis Kelsey. Uh, the Chiefs were moving the ball very effectively with Kelsey in the game. When Kelsey went out, that's when the Chiefs started to struggle. Uh, and you're facing Gronkowski this week. So you're taking an even a, another step up in tight end play. And yeah. I, I think that's going to be a big difference because I think you know, Brady to Gronkowski is going to uh, make a big difference as far as carving up the seam of that uh, Titans defense. So I would say, yes, take the Patriots minus 13 and a half at home. Not that I'm underestimating the Titans, but I think the Patriots are that much better. Uh, My third game, final game, I'm taking the Jaguars plus seven at the Steelers. Uh, Tom, Tom's on, uh, Tom, are you on drugs this morning? Now, by rule, (laughs) you only take the road dog if you think they can win. I don't expect Jacksonville to win this game, but I think they are capable of winning this game. I agree. So, and we were talking about it earlier. Uh, the Steelers are going to be, depending on the ground game, the, the, uh, the Jaguars are incredibly uh, effective against the pass. The best defense in the league against the pass as far as uh, – creating sacks, creating turnovers. <clears throat> the Jacksonville Jaguars are plus 15 turnover differential. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm sorry. The Steelers are even a turnover differential. That's another big thing that Jaguars have going for themselves. Again, in Pittsburgh, it's going to be uh, tough for the Jaguars to come through. I don't <clears throat> think Blake Bortles is a quarterback who can uh, who can push the Jaguars over the Steelers, but I think within the sense. So take Jaguars plus seven at the Steelers. Dave, did well, you want to give your straight up picks? Sure. Um, I, I agree with a lot of what you guys are saying. Um, uh, Hunter, I, I'm sorry that I'm going to side with Tom again, but I, I think the Jaguars are capable of winning. So um, they are. I, I, they, no, they actually are. They, they really are. Yeah. If, if, if yeah. And, and I, really- I also don't think there's going to be a lot of points in the game. If, if this was a, a, a game that was being played in September and in great conditions, then I, I would favor the Steelers to score more points. But I just don't think there's going to be very many points. I think it's going to be maybe snowy in Pittsburgh. But I guess we already talked about that one. My, my other picks, I, I like the Falcons, like you guys said. I, to me, I, I view this game as, as a, the I told you so game. No matter who loses – we're going to hear people say, oh, I told you the Falcons weren't for real. Oh, I told you that Nick Foles stinks. So I'm, I'm, looking, <laughs> I'm, looking, I'm looking forward to one of these teams winning and, and trying, to make, trying to spin the story to say, well, this team won. The Eagles won. The Falcons won. They're, they're in the final four. I think that's going to be the bigger story. But I expect a lot of people to be like, oh, well, I knew that that was going to happen type of thing. But I, I, I'm picking the Falcons to win. 11-0 and 0 Atlanta is when they score at least – 20 points, and I think they'll get to 20 points, and that's kind of been their magic number this year. They're 0-6 when they don't score 20 points. I'm also picking the Patriots. I think it could be closer than the 13.5-point spread. I agree with you, Hunter. Run, run, run. 
if Mariota completes another touchdown pass to himself, hey, who knows? Maybe the Titans will ah. win the game. But I'm, I'm thinking that, uh, that I, the way I look at that, that game last week, I think we overlooked the fact that Dick LeBeau's defense is does it does really well against the Chiefs. The Steelers have had their numbers in number in recent years, and they're yeah. running Dick LeBeau's defense, even though LeBeau isn't isn't there anymore. And LeBeau had that defense for Tennessee. Kelsey leaving obviously played a huge part in, in that outcome, but uh, they they really shut down Alex Smith in the second half and allowed that comeback to be possible. LeBeau's defense, though, n- never ha- has it been good against Tom Brady, and, and most defenses aren't. So I- I'm picking the Patriots, and I like the Vikings in, in the, the the Sunday afternoon, late afternoon game. Uh, both teams have been really good this year, but I-, I like the Vikings at home. If the Falcons win and they and they know that going into the game, they have a chance to run the table at home and win the Super Bowl, uh, and I-, I think the Vikings. Um, We'll be able to do that, and I'm excited for them because Case Keenum's had a great season. People still seem to be doubting him, which I guess is is legitimate because he's never had a a great season before this year, but I think he's been such a a good story in the NFL this this season, and and I'd like him to do well. I'd like to see him win a playoff game. Uh, To me, that's going to be the toughest game of the weekend. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm Guys, if Minnesota wins, um, they're one step closer to hosting the Super Bowl as the home team, and right. uh, that's 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 big. Um, that I don't know. It's weird for me to say this. Do you guys think it would be all Minnesota fans almost at that game? I, I honestly think it could be like seventy five twenty five. Well, this is a certain Super Bowl tickets get uh, allocated a little bit differently, but yeah, definitely uh, will have a Vikings flavor to it. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd love to see Minnesota there. It's just both those teams are so evenly matched almost. It's, it's I love the Vikings defense. I love the Saints offense. That's I I couldn't I can't pick a winner for that game. It's just I know it's just going to be so close. I just couldn't pick a winner. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I I and that's why I'm staying away from it as far as. Uh, uh, doing a pick for it because I I agree I don't think <clears throat> I don't think it is easy to pick a winner there. <sighs> no way. Hunter, can you stick around for five more minutes? Yes, I can. All right, let's roll right into real deal or overreaction. Today's show was brought to you by author Marcus Akio. Learn the secret of the human mind and the laws of the universe that will guide you towards wealth and health. Learn more at www.marcosakio.com. Remember, during the week you can still be a part of the show. Follow us on Twitter at WKD Sports Huddle. Give us a like on Facebook. Search Weekend Sports Huddle. Join the conversation on those two platforms. Give us a topic for next week's show. Let's do real deal or overreaction to end today. The Raiders are the other team that filled their head coaching vacancy this week, other than the Bears. So our, our, our statement, though, has to do with how they hired John Gruden. We talked about him getting the big contract last week, but... Uh, there is an investigation going on into Oakland and how they hired John Gruden and uh, in, in regards to uh, f- uh, fulfilling the Rooney rule, which is basically an affirmative action policy that requires teams to interview at least one minority candidate when they have a head coaching vacancy. The Raiders reportedly did interview minority candidates, uh, tight end coach for the Raiders, Bobby Johnson, and USC offensive coordinator T. Martin, 
but they did not meet with Mark Davis in the uh, interview. They met with uh, the Raiders general manager, and Mark Davis reportedly met with, with Gruden over Christmas in Philadelphia when the Raiders were, were in Philly and Gruden was there to announce the game. Uh, so you, you have to have a level playing field to require the to, to fulfill the Rooney rule. You can't have the minority candidates interviewed by somebody else and then the owner interview uh, the non-minority candidates. So our statement today, the Raiders should be penalized for vital, violating the Rooney rule. Tom? Uh, yes, they should, <clears throat> uh, particularly because they were so blatant about it. Um, yeah, they did say before that they did uh, they did the <clears throat> necessary interviewing, but and it's not even a fact that neither were a candidate for the job. It's just the fact that they had the agreement in place with John Gruden uh, before Jack Del Rio was even fired. So yeah. th- this was a foregone conclusion, and right. I do think that they need to be investigated. And I do think there needs to be a penalty here. Uh, Say what you will about the Rooney rule, but you still have predominantly, it's still tough for Afro-American head coaches to move forward. uh, Afro-Americans to move forward in this league in the front office positions and coaching positions. And I know some people say, well, yeah, they get their chance you know, would like to poo-poo the Rooney rule. But it's there for a reason. I think it's there. It's still effective. And I do think the Raiders need to be penalized for it, basically because, as I said, they were very blatant about violating it. Real quick, how how strict should this penalty be? I read an article this week that the, the author talked about million-dollar fine, deduct a first-round draft pick, maybe multiple first-round picks. Would that be too severe? I think that would be too severe, but I do think uh, I think a first-round draft pick actually should be on the board for it. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I agree. We're running short on time. Hunter, I'll give you this question. Uh, real deal or overreaction, the New York Giants have not hired a head coach yet because they're waiting to see if the Patriots lose tonight and then hire Bill Belichick. Hunter? Uh, that, that's probably an overreaction. Um it sounds like they're zeroing in. I read this week they had three finalists, and then it was reported that uh, Matt Patricia is their lead um, candidate. So it sounds like he may be going there. And then I saw this morning that Josh McDaniels is going to go to, looks like, to Indianapolis. But uh, overreaction, uh, Belichick already said he's going to coach there. Uh, New England next year, I don't think he's going to leave um, anytime soon. So, yeah, I'd probably say that's an overreaction. I would lean that way. I, I really would like to see, though, what would happen if New England loses tonight. But uh, I'd love it. Not, I'd love it. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. As a Steelers fan, I would just <laughs> dislike it. But it's not going to happen. So I, I think you're right that Patricia's probably going to get hired this coming week by Any the Giants. Any given day, Dave. Any given day. Yeah. Well, I I said that the Titans would cover. You guys didn't. So. I think I'm expecting a closer game than you guys. But uh, real quick, last one. Who was more justified in firing their offensive coordinator, the Carolina Panthers, Mike Shula, or the Seattle Seahawks, Daryl Bevel? Tom? Oh, man. Well, I'm telling you, Daryl Bevel just has never recovered from that uh, uh, interception 
you know, goal line interception, not giving the ball to Marshawn Lynch. Oh. So, <laughs> you know, the thing is, yeah, Be- Bevel's with, been with Seattle for a long time, but I think maybe they were better uh, justified. Mike Shula's done a very good job with that offense in Carolina and making things work uh, with a running quarterback with Cam Newton. So I think that I was a little bit more puzzled at that than uh, seeing the the Seahawks fire Daryl Bevel. Hunter, do you agree? Um, I, I'll honestly say uh, the Seattle one was probably like the, the one. I mean, Russell Wilson, guys, carried that the, the, his offensive coordinator ever since then, and he yeah. just, he didn't even bother to help him. Uh, yeah, that's really what it is. I was kind of surprised at the Carolina one because um, Cam had a pretty decent year this year, and they made the playoffs too, which was which was I didn't expect that earlier this year. But yeah, the, this, that was probably more puzzling than the Seattle one. I mean, I can understand that because maybe Russell Wilson got finally tired of carrying his corpse or something. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I think it's similar situation though. Cam Newton uh, really carried that offense as well, not as much as oh, Wilson did. did, but but there's not that much help for Newton in Carolina either. Remember, they traded Kelvin Benjamin in the middle of the season as well. So yes. yeah, um, I, I, I was more did surprised. A lot of damage to, did a lot of damage to their play. Uh, successful uh, hopes to be successful in the playoffs. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and it's kind of weird to see an NFL team sell at the deadline and still go to the playoffs. Uh, that they think they first time I, I've ever heard. Uh, just mention one more thing. Sure. Uh, on Twitter, I just saw, uh, you know, longtime voice of college football legend, college football broadcasting. Keith Jackson has died today. So just uh, um, a big loss to college football, big loss to broadcasting. I know who he is, Tom. I, you, you get me for I know who he is, but I just <laughs> I don't remember the games he called. But I know who he is. Well, basically, if you grew up when I grew up, he called everything. Any big uh, game, if there was a big game, it was Keith Jackson on the call. Was Was he announcing what, what, as long as I've been alive, or has he been retired for a while? Uh, he's been retired for a couple of years, but he was announcing for a long time. Uh, okay. uh, so. Uh, did a lot of Big Ten stuff, so but also was uh, just just a long time uh, great uh, uh, college announcer. So uh, big loss to uh, the sports community today. As rest in peace. Our our condolences to his family. We're out of time on today's weekend sports huddle. We'll be back next Saturday, 10 a.m. Eastern time.